At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. No. I'll try eggplant, like I try it, but I don't really like it. I don't like eggplant. I like lots of pastas, basically every single salad. Always try some a food that you don't like. It might be better. I don't know. I like cooking the pizza. Welcome to Burnt Toast, a podcast from Food52 about what doesn't always make it on the website. I'm Kenzie Wilbur, and you just heard from the children of my co-hosts. There's Amanda Hesser, Meryl Stubbs, and writer and Food52 contributor Phyllis Grant. She's joining us from her desk in sunny California. We're hearing from a gaggle of children today. There's Walker and Addison, who are nine. We have eight-year-old Dash, and then Clara, who's three. Our episode today is all about kids, cooking with them, for them, and the rules we may or may not follow. They'll be jumping in throughout the episode to correct us. And we'll let Clara take it away. Tea party. Tea party. Ooh. What happens at a tea party? Monster comes. What do monsters eat? Microphones. I kind of wanted to start with the fact that Dash's breakfast, Phyllis, your son's breakfast was frozen pizza, and now he's just, like, hanging in his bed. I feel like, I'm not a parent, but I feel like some people would not feed their kids frozen pizza for breakfast and I want to I want to start there like what are what are so you know what are some of the rules that people have about feeding your children and and how many of them do we actually follow there aren't any rules maybe is what I would say that's not true I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take that back I I think a sense of of, oh good (laughs) okay here's what I want to insert and then I want you guys to run with it um lightness and play and love of food and just bringing in some lightness. And I suppose pizza in bed brings in the lightness so that tonight when I bust out the kale asparagus salad, he'll remember what he had this morning. And in life, it's, it's you know, it, there are a lot of surprises. And, and I think this was a pretty awesome one this morning. I mean, I believe in structure with flourishes. Mm. <laughs> I like these little two-word mottos. We have lightness and play and structure with flourish. <laughs> these are like bumper stickers. <laughs> totally. can, you, can you explain a little bit what, well, Meryl, what does that mean what, for you? Where do, where do you what's have, my two-word? Yeah, what's I don't your... have my, my two-word motto, I don't think. But I, I feel like I'm on the same boat. I think that, you know, I, I think I certainly have internal rules, things that I like to try and stick to as much as possible things like not making special meals. I try and sort of espouse a slightly more maybe disciplined approach, I guess, it's sort of what Amanda was getting at, a structured. Kids are outside. Too. Oh, okay. Do you mind if I run out? Yeah, go, 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 okay. go. Was there ever anything that you tried to put together that you tasted and it didn't really work? Once I tried to make ice cream and... Like, I added ingredients together, and it, and it turned pink. 
and then I put it in the freezer, and then when I tasted it, it wasn't good. Do you, remember, good. do you remember what made it pink? It was some sort of ingredient that I shouldn't have put in there. Well, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember any of the drinks you've made? Because well, we like making lots of drinks. I remember one that Walker made. Yeah? Go ahead. T- talk about Walker's. Well, um, so you have, like, milk, and then you have Where Coke. Am I? Cocoa. Milk and cocoa. And then you stick. And and then you. (laughs) 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 And then you basically stir it until it's sort of. It's like the um, cocoa isn't like exactly on the bottom and stuff. You stir it really fast. And then sometimes you add ice cubes, sometimes you don't. And then you have your drink. Yum. What do you call that? Uh, it's Walker, so I don't know what it's called. <laughs> Dash, do you like making up any recipes? Those drinks that I make, those lemony lime drinks. Yeah, you want to tell them. them about that drink? Ooh. Um, I I sometimes make um these little drinks with I squeeze lemon, lime, and all and juices and stuff, and I put sugar and um, honey powder and lots of stuff. To make it sweet and sour. Yum. I could go for one of those right now. That sounds like a good mix. <laughs> yeah. I was one of the uh, pickiest eaters of all time when I was a kid. And my parents did what they called no thank you servings. So if you said no thank you to something, you automatically got, you know, like a tablespoon of it or something because you had to try it. Um, And there were nights where I sat at the table until what felt like eternity. (laughs) I'm sure it was maybe a half an hour, but I had to finish it before I leave the table. So is there anything, do you do anything like that with your kids? Well, initially with both of my kids, they ate pretty much everything. And then Bella started to get picky around about age four or five. So this was a new concept for me, like how to to deal with it. And at first it did sort of rile me up a little bit. I I was like, what? How could you, you know, I got sort of almost offended. (laughs) How could you not not love my salad dressing? You loved it for four years. But that's so not cool. And with Bella, I I learned a lot. I'd say with Dash, I was really prepared for him to to start hating things. And he he actually, we haven't dealt with that much with him. But the few times we have, I've... I've diffused it just by not really talking about it at all. I I never stop serving asparagus even when he hates it. I keep bringing it back to the table. I keep having him help me cook it if he wants. But I don't sort of inject this idea of like, oh, my God, how sad you don't like this. So I think for me it's been this, this – it's taken a lot of work, but sort of pulling the emotion out of it and letting things evolve from week to week, month to month, and really noticing just emotionally how things shift and also just physically in their mouths. There's just a lot going on and a lot of hormonal things. And and I feel that in my own body as I get older. My likes and dislikes are changing. And so just knowing that the same thing is happening with our kids, just giving them a little space mm-hmm. for those for those evolutions, you yeah. know, and not getting, not getting so attached. And that for me is, is uh, it's a big relief. Well, I think it's all about, I mean, I think you are talking about really prioritizing exposure rather than any kind of um, sort of pressure necessarily. And I think that that's, that to me really resonates because 
I think what happens so frequently is that a child says they don't like something, and so a parent never, ever exposes them to it again because they don't want to deal with that moment or, or you know, the challenge of co- potential conflict in that moment, and they just want to get dinner down, you know? And then you're doing such a disservice to your child because it could be for any, you know, any number of reasons that they say they don't like it the first time. And if they don't ever see it again, then that's going to be the impression that they have, mm-hmm. you know, potentially for life. Well, it also gives them the message that if they just say they don't like something, then like people, you know what I mean? Like it, people will cater to them. Yeah, people, can, yeah. yeah. You know, I like Phyllis, your, your, this, especially the, the asparagus story of just kind of continuing to bring it to the table. You know, you weren't super heavy handed with it, but it wasn't as if Dash could just kind of forget about it or think that he was never going to have to deal with it ever again. Um, and then eventually he came around, right? Absolutely. Yeah. He, he now. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beat in cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. Loves it. What about things that you're not really a fan of? Pretend like she's not sitting next to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> eggplant. I'll try eggplant. Like, I try it, but I don't really like it. Um, so once I had it and it was okay, but usually I don't like it. Are you a fan of anchovies? No. I also dislike whipped cream if it's sort of sweet, mm-hmm. not bitter. Um, when you guys go over to friends' houses, is there is there a house that you like going to because there's a food that you like eating there? No. You probably get the best food at home, huh? Yeah. The point that Amanda brought up about learning to be catered to when you say no makes me think of, you know, seeing other parents in the wild, encouraging, (laughs) (laughs) out on safari, (laughs) encouraging their kids, you know, to have this sort of like picky behavior or... or Only eat pasta and butter. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, where is the line of, you know, what what we can say or or what we can't say or or potentially better, what do we want to say to those parents? I don't say it to the parents. I say it to the kids. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm indoctrinating them with my food philosophy. <laughs> Go tell your mom that I said this. <laughs> well, no, it's not like that. It's I'm more teasing. just in our house, this is what we do. And mm-hmm. I actually, I, I've gotten kids to try things they've never tried just because this is what we're eating. I'm not making anything else and you're hungry and give it a shot. See what happens. And yes. then they'll eat something they've never eaten. So that's the way I'm approaching it. I would, But I would never... I would never say anything to a parent. And I understand it's like it, food is not a priority in the same way for some parents. It is it is for me and that's sort of where I put a lot of my focus and my love and my writing and my photography and my thoughts. But it's not that for other people. So I'm pretty careful. I don't want anyone to feel judged. So I don't know about what do you, what do you guys feel. We've had this experience several times now where other kids come over to our house for lunch and – Often what I find happened when when Clara was sort of two to three is that the mom or the babysitter of the other kid would bring the kid's meal because that was what their parents had sort of 
said to do because they knew that they would eat this thing and who you know who knew what we were going to have at our house and over and over again the, the other child and the parent or babysitter would sort of see what Clara was eating and start to feel a little bit like oh that's so much more interesting and and the kid would want to eat what Clara was eating and it wasn't exactly anything crazy i mean often it was just you know homemade bolognese and some pasta, right? But, Sorry, but I but, like how you're like, oh, it was no big deal. Just a homemade bolognese. <laughs> I just whipped it up. Simmered for about six hours. Days. Oh, Not a big deal. <laughs> All right. Pasta and sauce, which is what we call it, um, which is not a whole lot different from pasta and butter, right? I mean, except that it is for a lot of kids, and which is so wild to me. But but we do get this envy often, both both from the kids and from the the caretaker, you know, like, oh, that looks really good, and you have Clara has such interesting lunches, and and kids will often try what what we have when they're at our house and and like it, and so that has been sort of fascinating to me because I don't think that these things are that revolutionary, but I think even the concept of like a tomato based sauce for a bunch, for two year olds and three year olds for a lot of them is sort of something that they're not exposed to. So, but I, I think like just stepping back, yeah. Like, if you start bringing food for your kid to other people's houses, like, I'm personally opposed to that because I feel like you're sending this message that, A, the catering thing, but also, like, to not be open to what is. Because, you know, like, our kids go to friends and sometimes they eat, like, you know, kind of bad food or they eat pasta with butter or whatever it is. And I actually feel like it's good for them to be exposed to different ways that different people eat and to be open. Again, like, I, you know... We want our kids to, like, be open to the world. And a lot, you know, a big part of a culture is food and the way people eat and the way they the share The different it. ways that they the eat. The very yeah. different ways that they eat. Like, you know, I don't, you know, I really hope that our kids are not the, the, the kind of travelers who, like, go to another country and, like, want to have... McDonald's. Yeah, yeah McDonald's. Well, or, like, or, have have McDonald's. Bre- <laughs> or have a breakfast that feels familiar to yes. them. Like, that they are open to having, you know... Fish for breakfast, yeah, if that's what if that's what is is served in mm-hmm. that country. I just think that like it broadens your <laughs> like your whole view on life. I think if it, if you can be kind of open to different foods and and adapting and not you know and seeing that as not only like exciting and adventurous but actually like 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 very vital respect. Try something new. Never um, think anything you have made is bad unless you try it or never think anything any um kind of food that let's say you bought or look at is bad because it might not be you have to try it just like never judge a book by its cover can I ask you guys a question? Growing up, what about your parents? I'm curious what they said about dinner. Would anyone ever get a special dinner or did you eat together? What What were your roles at home? We always ate together. I mean, together after we got to a certain age when it was feasible. My dad worked fairly late, but we always ate the same thing. And the only exception in our in our house was seafood because I really did have a very strong aversion to seafood. I would always have to try it every single time we had it. But my mom would typically, you know, she she anticipated that I probably was going to need something more at dinner because I was going to probably only have the one bite. Of course, it eventually changed um, and would typically like, you know, have we'd have some kind of leftover or something that she would that she would give me in addition if I had my bite and wasn't prepared to eat the whole thing. 
Yeah, we always we ate together, and you ate sort of what what was, <laughs> what, there? What was served. Yeah, and you know, I there were things that I didn't like certainly, and I remember sitting at the table for a very long time with two <laughs> sad little mushrooms on my plate that I was refusing to eat. Did you have to finish them before mm-hmm. you got up? Yes. Mm. the The message was that you know it was again you know food was a luxury, yeah. and you know your mom had put a lot of effort into this. For me, growing up, the idea that food was a luxury trickled down even to things like condiments. Like, I remember being mm. a kid and, like, squirting the ketchup everywhere because I thought it was super funny. And, <laughs> I mean, Uh-oh. because it is. <laughs> um, and I would get talked to about that. Are you going to eat all that ketchup? Do you need all of that? Are you going to eat the ketchup that's on the curtains over there? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, <laughs> yeah, look it off, Kenzie. <laughs> and while I hated it then, um, I'm, I'm very appreciative for, for having that instilled in me. When you're mixing stuff, do you like to use your hands or do you prefer like a spoon or a whisk? A whisk. Yeah, a whisk. Do you like that little whisk that your mom has? The mini whisk, the little one, it's kind of your size? Yeah, I have one in my kitchen. What do you like to chop with your knife? Um, parsley. What is it about parsley that's so fun to chop? I don't know. It just feels good. You hear the crunch. I don't know. Dash, do you like washing the parsley before you chop it? Because I personally really can't stand doing that. I don't like washing parsley. You make your mom do that part? (laughs) Yeah. I want to I want to get to cooking with your kids. We've talked a lot about feeding them and 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 our rules there, but I, I know you all get your kids involved in the cooking process. And Phyllis, I know that you cook with Dash a lot. Was that a natural thing, or did he ask to get in the kitchen? Did you ask him if he wanted to get in there with you? It was pretty natural, just because I was always in the kitchen when he was little. So if he wanted to be with me, that's where he would find me. So, you know, I didn't really start getting all sort of Julie McCoy about it until I had a blog. And then I had this period where I was like, oh, today we're going to make croquembouche or, you know, (laughs) we're going to cook escoffier. You know, I got a little insane. Clearly I let go of that. But there was a period where I, 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 I was really planning it and wanting them to be a part of it and wanting to teach them. And, and, and I have to say that's, that was the least, fulfilling time for Mm. me and for them because it always ended up in drama and we never it never ended up the way we wanted and things got broken and it was just I I was trying to accomplish too much I think for me when I finally just settle into hey this is where I love to be and they can join me or not it's amazing how often they actually do want to participate because that's it's my happy place you know and they're probably getting that energy from you and they want to be part of it absolutely and and I've written about this before, but they're very. My kids are very different. My my daughter is very organized, so she sets for chocolate chip cookies. She'll measure everything out first and set it out <laughs> in nice bowls. It's Aww. so beautiful to watch. But my son, <laughs> there's no sense of organization. He just sort of runs through the kitchen, and if I'm chopping <laughs> parsley, he'll practically grab the knife out of my hands. We've had to sort of talk about that. But whatever, he, he joins mid, like, midstream. Road and chef. They, but that's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, I've been doing this for 12 and a half years with them. So I, I'd say now it's just at this great place where I'm cooking all the time and they join, when they join me when they want. It's a lot of fun. And they join me in their way. Yeah, I feel like you've hit on a really important point, which is that having specific expectations of small children is always, I think, a path to disappointment. How often do you cook? Well, every time my mom makes a meal. You just jump right in there with her? Usually. That's 
really cool. When there's a chance to use the, um, the knife, do you usually do it? Yeah. Do you, do you like any other um, tool in the kitchen? Yeah. Um, I like to use the, um, the thing that sharpens the knife. The honing steel. The honing steel thing. I feel, like, embarrassed about some of the things that I expected of our kids. (laughs) I was like, what, you're two and you can't dip and sweep? Like, (laughs) I'd be like, no. I would be like, dump that out again. (laughs) Start over. Addison, did you sift? (laughs) You know what's funny is that, like, they kind of, like, our kids tend to kind of, speaking of dipping, they kind of dip in and out of the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And they're sort of, like interested and then they're not interested and and they kind of they do a little bit of like the dash maybe with less frequency but like where they'll they'll see me doing something and then they'll just kind of like ease their way into helping Mm. out and that's always really fun but I feel like now they're kind of what's interesting though is just that being around cooking they've picked up so much because I find that when they get in the kitchen even though it's not super frequent they're very they're much more competent than I then now that they're older, now that mm-hmm. when they were two, and they, you know, but, <laughs> they're such rookies then. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I had this picture um, actually from Thanksgiving. I think it was when they were two or three, and um, I had all the ingredients laid out, and they put the bowls on their head. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, no, those aren't. Ca-. And you know, I, mean, I was like so literal. I was like, no, no, those go on the counter. And they were like, you know, but they were they're just like, basically but like they're good hats. <laughs> look, we look like Devo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I have a little secret, which I'm so excited. So they turn nine. And I'm just thinking, Phyllis, like, Marilyn are like relative rookies compared to you. Yeah. But they, I bought them chef's knives. I, I did some research and actually Cooks Illustrated did a great video kind of analysis of like knives for children. Mm-hmm. And this one got like the best rating. And um, it has, it actually has a real blade and handle, but it has a little circle right at the top of the handle oh. where it meets the blade where you can kind of, they can put their finger in there kind of for um, stability. I yeah, think. so that it doesn't slip. And, yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm really excited because they do use my chef's knife, but I, I honestly, like I feel. Your heart drops every My time. heart drops does because it's just a little, you know, it's too it's too big for them. Mm-hmm. There are, there's no kind of safety feature at all. And it also comes with this um, kind of like you have on a mandolin, this like plastic thing that you can mm-hmm. put your fingers like in. A finger guard, oh. yes, yeah, like for cutting an onion or oh, something. Oh, the mandal, the mandolin—that's the one. Th- that's oh, where I goodness. draw the line. Yeah, no, I mandolins. mean, I, my kids that's can still use scary. any knife, but the man—I'm scared for myself. Instrument right? of death. That's what they are. Yeah, they but are. it's so genius. <laughs> it's the best tool. I mean, it's sort of like a medieval podcast. torture design- yeah. device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I'll let you know how that goes. How often do you cook? How often do I cook? Um, I cook all the time. I cook most nights, um, but very simple stuff. Because sometimes I don't have very much time. Um, what are you going to make tonight? I'm going to make lemony, limey, sweet, honey cocktail drink. <laughs> um, what else should I make? I don't know. What should I make? Um, maybe meatballs? Meatballs. Did you hear Clara say that was one of her favorite foods? Yeah. Dash, what do you think I should make for dinner? Um, let me speak into the mic. Pasta? Just Pasta? Um. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it for this episode of Burnt Toast. Our producer is Tim Einenkel. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers. If you like the show, tell everyone you know and subscribe to us on iTunes. And we want to know if you have any stories or photos about cooking with kids. So Instagram them and hashtag them with F52Podcast. 
For Amanda Hesser, Meryl Stubbs, Phyllis Grant, and all of their offspring, I'm Kenzie Wilbur. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. This is like a show. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. Oh, sorry. It's it not is funny. A show. It is You're a right. show.